podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The championship race extends to Japan with Sergio Perez taking the win from the two Ferraris. G'day, my name is Campy and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we review the Singapore Grand Prix. And I am joined this fine Monday afternoon with my by my main man, Ezekiel Fan. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, my main man. We are look, we've um we've got an HR problem at the moment. We've got no people. Uh, Tommy T's run away to Adelaide. James is escapading around Australia somewhere. He got back from the UK and uh me and Zeke rocked up to do a podcast this afternoon and I'm the only one here, so Thank you for being here, man, and this will be a very, very interesting podcast. I'm not sure how you listeners will go 45 minutes of just me talking, but mm. yeah, how do you think we'll go, Zeke? I mean, I think the power of editing will will, <laughs> will guide us home. Uh, and you know what I think? We both know how this works. Yeah. We just, we'd read the notes. Yeah, I know. And then we, uh, up, we upload it. We'll figure it out. Are you uh, just off top? Are you a Formula One man yourself, or are you just like listening to me and James take the piss out of each other and Tommy? Uh, like is a strong word, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that one. No, you no, don't. No, I, no, not a, not a Formula One man, but uh, you know, I, I like the games. The games, good, good to hear. Yeah, give yourself Formula a shout good. out. You're a great muse, mate. <laughs> Just while we're here, for the 2,000 oh, no. people that maybe listen, give yourself a shout-out. Zeke's probably the most competent muser I've ever met. I've played some shows with him. Done lots of shows, actually, which has been rad. Yeah, uh, quite a lot. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, listen, James gives me a shout-out most uh, most episodes, but I do all of the music for this show. Yes. Um, and a bunch of other things, and and that's my usual bag. I very much enjoyed the, uh, the Nord VPN background tunes. Very... That was a good one. Very, very chili peppers of you. Yeah, the superstition vibes in there too. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, that one, that one was a, that was originally going to be a theme for the show, uh, and then uh, didn't make the cut. Excellent. So it just it got it got tucked away in a little back folder there, and uh, we've brought it back now. Well, check out Big Creature on uh, Spotify and all the usual music places. The musical genius, which is Mr. Fan and Mr. Michael Best, Shut and down. a drummer I can't remember his name is Little with blonde hair, but. It is excellent. Anyway, we will get cracking into the topic of Formula One now. We're here to review the Singapore Grand Prix, but before we get there, just want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, the cost cap blowout that has allegedly happened last year. Um, some rumours started circulating in some German and Italian press last week that uh, the, the FIA review came out on all the documents and it basically insinuated that uh, that Red Bull had 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 blown the hundred and fifty million dollar cost cap and um and uh and that has some ramifications. Now now look this is just bullshit. Alright? <laughs> it's rubbish. We all know Ferrari are cheating. Every year it's just what they do to get ahead. But this is just rumouring in you into on crap. I don't think they blew the cost caps out. There may be some technical definitions that weren't caught like fully defined that come under the cost cap, but look, this is just all smoke and it's trying to draw attention away from Red Bull and the dominance that they had this year. So 
Um, look, I don't think anything will happen with this. The FIA is supposed to bring out some paperwork this Wednesday. It's supposed to come out originally in March after all the teams submitted their paperwork and it's been pushed back and pushed back for the third time now. It's supposed to come out this Wednesday, which will get us all the clarification we need and I guarantee you this is just made up gibberish from the Italian and German media. So I don't think we'll spend too much time on that. Won't worry about it. It will not impact last year's World Championship and if it, like, they do anything, they'll slap them on the wrist. So we'll move on from last year's debacle of a championship and uh, and money, but and we'll get on to something else. So uh, what else have we got? Oh, driver market, Alpine. Now, there's a reason why Alpine are not seriously considering Daniel Ricciardo this year, and it's because of my old mate, Jacques Villeneuve, the dickhead. I have <laughs> I have recently been made aware that... Uh, that um, Charles Villeneuve tested one of the uh, last year's Alpine this week, and he would be the reason behind closed doors that Alpine are not listening, that are not seriously considering Daniel Ricciardo. He's been very critical of him in the last couple of weeks. I think I made some comments about him possibly doing something to himself in '96 before he won the world championship, which got edited out of the podcast. My <laughs> ad, but um, that is the reason why Danny Rick's not being seriously considered at Alpine, in my opinion, because. Um, yeah, it's just, that's how it is. So it's a shame. Danny Rick will go somewhere next year to probably look at the longer it goes out. More likely he's going to be a test driver for either the Red Bull or, or Mercedes and sit a year out, get back on the grid. Can happen in this day and age. So, mm. yeah, that's where we're at. What else have we got there, Zeke? We've got a race start and end to Barthol. Yeah. Before we go there. Before we go there. I might hand out some, uh, some uh, podcast penalties. Listen, <laughs> you're running the ship today. Get the penalty book out. Pen- Let us know. Penalty book. I'll give myself a penalty for not doing my own podcast on Sundays two weeks in a row. Uh, look, unfortunately, again today, like today, we've got an HR issue where we've got no people to do it. And, mm. and it's, you know, it's hard. It's easy to see you with a man in front of you and have a conversation somewhat. But at home by myself, recording 20 minutes is... Just general tripe in itself, so I'll give myself my own <laughs> podcast penalty for that. But it will be back. We need to get a clear, defined, uh, um, whatever you call it, for that podcast because we're not sure what it wants to be at the moment. We need a plan. We need a plan. Other than just winging it and talking about races, there's too many off weeks where we just talk about the same thing. So mm. ideas, please, people. Anyway. Uh, so, race start and debacle last night. Uh, debacle at the end. Um, so, let's paint the picture. Rained very heavily in Singapore last night. Mm. Uh, not the safest place for a Grand Prix to be run in the wet on a on a track in Asia that's a street circuit. We've seen some of the things that have happened previously off start lines. Mm. Um, now, my problem is, is when it was race start time at our 11pm slot in in Australia, there was no rain on the track. It had stopped raining. Yes, the conditions were slippery, but they still decided to hold the race off an hour. Now, I just think, why an hour? It's it's already stopped raining. The track is getting better minute by minute, Mm. although that minute by minute's not great. We have a window of time to get this Grand Prix done in, which we didn't finish last night, albeit by two laps, but... For me, 
we are way too safety conscious in this sport. And I understand why we're safety conscious, but at the end of the day, common sense should prevail. If it's not raining when the race time started, start your procedure as soon as you can. Not expand it by an hour and not get onto it. Now, the end of the race is a debacle too. The the the, the winner of the race was reported during during a, uh, during the race. Sergio Perez, uh, under safety car conditions, he, he failed to uh, stay within the required distance of the car and then he ran up towards the safety car and told him to speed up too. So, look, I don't think he should have got a five-second penalty for that because if you look at every safety car I think we've ever had, every driver has fallen back that required distance, whether it be right behind the safety car or the car in front of them. On a track like this where it's wet and you're trying to dry tyres and you're trying to keep temperature in tyres to get them into that optimum window, you've got a safety car that's slow compared to F1 cars at the best of times, especially on a street circuit where there's 23 corners and it's probably one of the lowest speed tracks Mm. on the grid for the year. It should never be penalised because it's never penalised, you know. So anyway, they decided to penalise him after the race. But they should have done that during the race because the issue is is that he only got a five-second penalty, but if that five-second penalty had been handed down during the race, it would have changed the way that uh, Charles Leclerc driving in second would have attacked the last 15, 20 laps of the race mm. um, and uh, the last 20 minutes of that race. After a safety go, he had 20 minutes to till the end and, you know, he may as well – he may have held on. He may have gained that, you know, that, five, uh, that two seconds that he needed at the end. It was a seven-second gap. At the flag stop, so I don't like it. I think I think the uh, I think the stewards and the the Grand Prix officials got it wrong at every stage this weekend. We had virtual safety cars when we should have had safety cars. We had safety cars probably when we should have had virtuals. Mm. Every stage they got it wrong. This mm. this is a spectacle of a track and. Uh, Good on the fans for sticking around in the thundering wet for a couple of hours before I got to see the, the cars on the track. But uh, I just think we got it wrong, and it's not a good look for sport for the sport when we get these things wrong. So, mm. Do you feel like this is another example where the bureaucracy and the paper pushing of the sport is very negatively impacting races, yeah. like, in the moment? Yeah. yeah. We need clear direction. We need... We need clear direction for the safety protocols because all the safety protocols seem to be different at every track. Now, I get that every track has its own specific, unique features, but we need to get some solidarity. Who cares if it's raining? 20 Mm. years ago, it didn't care. As long Mm. as there's not enough water for the cars on the track to aquaplane, then in my mind, it's safe to drive. The Constantina effect doesn't, doesn't create good racing, but, hey, when the... When the scheduled start time is dry on, oh, sorry, is not raining, there's still war on track. You mm. should be trying to get as close to that scheduled start time as possible. Yeah. You know, track evolution. I mean, it meant that the tracks pretty much stayed the same for the first hour and 15 minutes of the Grand Prix. It's only the last 20 minutes that it that it really that it really ramped up to you know uh, dry running conditions. The DRS is the other issue too. Mm. Who cares if they're on intermediates? You need DRS because you need cars to be able to pass, and that was my frustration with the race last night. That you needed DRS to get to get the to get the passing on track. You saw the best car in the world getting stuck behind McLarens, and 
Alpha Tauris and things like that and Alpines because he just didn't have the firepower to get past. We've seen that in yesteryear when Nico Hulkenberg was at Renault and he kept he kept two Ferraris and two Mercedes behind him because DRS had been hadn't been enabled because they had some technical probably problems with it. And I think last night it really ruined the spectacle of the race. I think if Max had had the chance to use that DRS throughout the whole race. But then again, we're safety conscious too. It's like, what do we, you know, why do we make these decisions? But you never get clarity and you never get answers out of, you know, the FIA. So that's yeah. that's really where it is. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. More bureaucracy. <clears throat> yeah, that's what we need, right? I mean, obviously, as far as Max goes, there's there's no doubt that he's got a, a, a true and clear lead on the rest of the pack at this point. Yeah. So as far as the overall standings for the for the year, no harm, no foul. No, not really. I mean, Max Max went into this race last night, could have securing the world championship. Uh, got really unlucky in qualifying. You know, strategy worked out. They had to pull him in on two fast laps that would have got him pole because mm. they were worried about fuel, which is fair enough. Um, you got to do the right thing. You wouldn't want him to start from the back of the grid, but uh, he's so far in front of this championship. It doesn't matter. He'll seal it up in the next one or two races anyway. And even last night he made some rookie mistakes. I just think he's a bit too rushed. Wanted to get the job done last night. But we'll be having the same conversation next week or in America the week after. Yeah. So he's got this championship well under the bag. So, yeah, yeah anyway. Overall, pretty boring Grand Prix if I'm honest. Mm. <laughs> Real boring. <laughs> How many stars out of ten? Uh, Grand Prix? Nah, I'll give it a two. <laughs> two. Not worth the watch. Worth no, the highlights no, reel. It's worth it was worth an extended highlights, probably. Probably. At best. Yeah, at best. So um we'll go through team by team now. So who are we kicking off with there, Zeke? Who came last? Uh Williams. 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 Two uh, did not finishes. Yeah. Albon. He did alright. Uh he came back from his surgery. Two weeks later he's on a ventil two weeks ago he's on a ventilator. And uh, now he's racing in the hardest race of the year. Unfortunately, he made a mistake. And he made a lot this weekend. Just uh, oversteered on the hairpin and straight into the wall. Mm. Latifi, well, our favourite Canadian, who will no longer be in the sport. Yeah, they had a, pretty, they had a weekend to forget. I think, mm. I think the way the race played out last night, didn't matter where you were at what stage, as long as you were there with the last 20 minutes to go, you had a chance to get points just because the amount of DNFs. So, mm. um... Look, shame for them, but, hey, you've got to get it done on track. So Albon's got credits in the bank. He's there next year. Unfortunately for Latifi, it's probably not the way he wants to end his Formula 1 career. He really just wants some solid results and to enjoy it. And yep. He didn't get that done last night, so hard for his... Uh, hard, hard, to be, hard to be a member of that team too, I think. I mean, what, three buddy point scoring performances all year and yep. your best driver sits out. You've got a dud Canadian and couple of rookies in here and there who have performed well, might I add, but uh, mm. it must be hard being in that team for all, over an extended period of time. You've been down the back and not really doing much, so yeah. Well, from a, from a morale point of view for a driver, what what do you think that that what do you think the effect of that is? A race like Singapore, you have two did not finishes, you're trailing, you've got a handful of races left before you wrap up the year. Are they packed in mentally already? Albon's not. He's he's he wanted to get back in that car, you know, because of his sickness and whatnot. So yep. 
uh, his oh, kidney, whatever it was. Um, he was he's getting in. Latifi's a different story. I, I think he's come to terms with his with his career being over in Formula One. Uh, still a very competent driver. I mean, you can't drive these cars unless you're competent. Mm. Um, he'll get a drive somewhere else in a top, you know, whether it be Formula E, DTM, or go to the state somewhere. Maybe you'll get a drive, but. For him, I think it'd be frustrating because he'd really be wanting to just enjoy these last six or seven races, enjoy the experience of F1, enjoy mm-hmm. doing the team. I mean, these are the fastest cars on the planet by a country mile. It's not often you get to drive them. You get drivers like Martin Brundle who did 150 Grand Prix, who, you know, he's probably more known for his commentary now than anything. Mm-hmm. And he's been there for, you know, 25 plus years, driven 70 F1 cars, and he's still he's still a racer at heart, still wants to be driving his Formula 1 cars. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think you'll ever get that itch, and no matter what you drive, will ever, will ever, you know, the car will never be what, what it is in a Formula 1. So he'd be just looking to enjoy it, and results like this aren't probably too good. So... Anyway, he just needs to go away for the next five races and just enjoy it and yep. have as much fun as he can and no pressure on him and go from there. Yep. Uh, we got next? Haas, the American team. Yeah, again, tw- 12th and 13th. Well, 12th and 13th, they got that because uh, cause they were there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, didn't really have the pace all right. Oh, sorry, I should say, Magnussen had a, uh, he had a good start, put himself in a good position. He's in front of Danny Rick, and if if the race had a played out for him, he got a black and orange flag for a knocked off end point. Uh, the end, what do you call it? The end cap on the um, on the front wing. So he had to come in. It was dangerous to drive like that, which I don't agree with. Um, but he may have been in for a really good result. He seemed to have more pace than Mick Schumacher this weekend, considering where he was in the field when that happened. But mm. that really compromised his race. Uh, I don't think he would have passed many people, but we saw what happened to McLaren, especially Danny Rick, just the way that their strategy worked out. Um, Magnussen was in front of him at that time, so he may have got that top five, top six that he wanted if it played out, but uh, that's just motorsport and how it works and you know, in the safety-conscious world of F1 that we are at the moment. Mick Schumacher, 13th. <laughs> I think at one stage, Lewis Hamilton, uh, sorry, uh, George Russell said when he was behind him trying to pass him, he goes, oh, the guy's having the race of his life. I can't pass him at the moment. So I'm not sure if that's a cheeky dig from Russell or or whatnot. But he uh, he had, he showed some, he's shown some good race craft, but he's just in a crap car. So he can't, he can't really show what he's capable of. But then again, he's getting spanked by his teammate. So... Yep. His 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 history his sorry his future in the sport's still up in the air at, at that American team. They don't really want him, and it's rumoured that Nico Hulkenberg will go back to Haas, who's been out of the sport for three years now. Yeah, right. Which is that puts you in a tenuous position. Yeah, as like one of the greatest known drivers of all time. You well, the son of you know. Right, big expectations on some of these on some of these kids, but you look at like a Bruno Senna, who's the son, or you know, son of Ayrton, came into sport, had a couple of years, but didn't really get the job done. Mm. Lots of money, lots of financial backing coming out of South America, but yeah, it just doesn't work out sometimes. I mean, sometimes the kids go on to do great things, and you know, it's generational. You get three generations of. Of people in some sports, and uh, I mean we've got that in AFL as well. And, and but a lot of the times the kids don't work out to be as good as their parents, and mm. that's just the reality of it. You know, there's different expectations, and Mick 
doesn't seem like he's. I don't think he's got the same. I don't think he's got the same pressure as what we think he's had on him. I think he's had a pretty easy couple of years in Formula One. Definitely, mm. he did everything right to get into the sport. But uh, anyway, hopefully someone takes a punt on him next year because I think he probably deserves his spot more than what we give him credit for. So moving on from that, Alfa Romeo. Yes, Mr. Bottas just finished outside of the points. He got really unlucky, actually. He lost about, I think it was three three positions when he decided to pit early and uh, people like Danny Rick got in front of him and uh, he wasn't able to jump the Vettel and Stroll train that he was in and he finished 11th just out of the points. Mm. He would be frustrated. But it was one of those races where they didn't really have the pace either. Like, can't attack, even with DRS, couldn't, you know, mm. couldn't get out of that. Uh, as for Guan Yu Zhou, he had uh, uh, what did he, did he crash or did his engine blow? I can't remember. No, he crashed. That's right. He had a tangle with someone and broke the front right steering column, and that brought out a uh, that brought out one of our safety cars, which probably should have been a, a virtual safety car. So he's all right. He had his contract renewed this week for next year, which is great for him. Mm. Uh, and it'd be good for that Chinese market in the sport too. I'm not sure that we've. Um, it would have been a shame for him not to be able to race a home Grand Prix, but for, for from what we hear, China will be back on the calendar next year, and that'll be. I think we'll get to see what that guy's worth actually is when it comes to that market when he's over there. I think everything will be Guan Yu Zhou, China this, China that, and it'll yep. be massive for him. Mm. It is probably. Outside of the new markets that we got in the States and, you know, a lot of the younger generation because of Drive to Survive, someone like Joe in China, I think, will get a real understanding of how big mm. <laughs> how big that Chinese market really is and how, how important that the people at the top see that that race is. So what do we got next? Mercedes. What could have been for that team? Hamilton was in a really solid position, but uh, even the best make mistakes. And he is the best. Mm. Not on the grid at the moment, but over his career, he is the best. Mm. Uh, he made mistakes. He was right. He was, yeah, all to play for with him. If he had got it right, he would have been on a podium, I think. Um, but that's what happens. We saw at the end, he still couldn't pass. Uh, who was he behind? He was behind, I think, Stroll and Vettel. He, after his mistake, he came out, and, he, and even with DRS, he couldn't, didn't have the pace to get past some of these cars. So mm. he was in a good position. They lost some points, unfortunately, for Mercedes. I think they've been. This is the race that may hinder their chances of getting second in the constructors' championships because they've been slowly creeping up to Ferrari. I think they got it within 30 points, which is very manageable mm. with six races to go. But this result with Russell being out of the points and getting strategy wrong, trying to go on the soft tyre way too early. Sorry, the slick tyre, the medium compound, way too early. They left a lot of points on the table this weekend, and I think that might be pivotal for the Constructors' Championships, but they're a quality organisation. They'll bounce back. I still think... Mercedes have got enough pace to get a win this year. They they really should have won uh, Zandvoort, the Dutch Grand Prix, but mm. safety cars didn't play out their way, and it's a shame for them. Uh, yeah, that'd be a weekend they're just going to go away and just put in the put in the box and go. What can we learn from this? Mm. I think the team probably did really well to get the car with the pace it had, but unfortunately, when your drivers make mistakes and you like Hamilton, you know, in fourth place, really pushing for a podium. 
it's tough. You can't you can't recover from that. So that's uh, so they're they're cracking. They'll they'll be right back in it next year mm. at the front. So I don't think we need to worry too much about them. But it may have some ramifications for the constructors. Uh, next up, Alpatari. Yeah, Sonoda had a DNF crash. He was pretty angry with himself too. Bit of a carbon copy of the result of uh, Lewis Hamilton's crash, really. Mm. Overcommitted to it. Sorry, he didn't overcommit to a corner. He, well, he did overcommit, didn't he? But he passed that point of no return where he couldn't couldn't make the corner and he couldn't get the car turned to the mm. right to go into the um, to the runoff area either. So he just went straight into a wall. Just you know, got on that wet got on that wet concrete off the dry line and straight in. Mm. He was really angry himself. He showed some good pace at times. You know, he was up in that uh, seventh and eighth position above uh, the the Aston Martins and he was on for points. And um, shame for him. He was pissed. He has been given the uh, he's been given the green light for next year. His teammate was still not sure what happened. Then the more and longer this goes on, I think I think Gasly goes to Alpine. Um, just makes sense. Mm. So that means Yuki Sonoda next year will be leading a team, depending on what way Alfatari goes. And uh, third year in F1. The pressure and the experience that he will... Sorry, the pressure that he will feel probably, I would suggest, doesn't make up for his experience at the moment. Like mm. They're not on par. Mm. And for him to lead a, a Formula 1 team, being the number one driver, uh, will be tough for him. But you can see that he's 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 got the right attitude. And the reason he was pissed last night is because he knows next year he's going to have to step up. In these next six weeks, probably a real proving ground for him. Not that he hasn't got the results to be there next year, because he deserves to be. But he's hard on himself because he wants to, you know, get the get those top of the line results, move up the grid. So, um, and he's in prime position. The sister team is the best car probably we've ever seen in Formula One mm. with Max driving, and he wants he wants the shot at that drive at some stage. And if he can prove himself now, but he's still young, give him a bit. But he was frustrated, and I, I like a bit of that. I like that. I like the emotion that he showed afterwards. You know, kicking and screaming and mm. throwing things around on track, and you know, didn't go didn't go as far to throw his steer, like two million dollars steering wheel or anything like that. But uh, no. the headrest he took a bit of anger out on, which I like. <laughs> he's clearly got some parenting skills. Showed from, some spirit. Yeah, he showed some parenting skills, yeah. like of Daniel Kvyat just kicking shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and Gasly got 10th, really lacked pace all weekend. Strategy didn't work out their way, although he was in good positions at times too. So, mm. yep, Gasly's still in the bin for me. He's not coming out ever. He's just established himself there. He's been, <laughs> been, resident. been my whipping boy since, like, literally day one. <laughs> the first podcast, which doesn't exist anymore, it's been deleted into the... The data ether somewhere. <laughs> the first time James mentioned his name, I was like, don't rate him. Don't rate him. Don't rate him. So he's there. And uh, anyway, uh, Aston Martin coming up next. Mm. What do you think of Aston Martin, Zeke? Listen, as far as, as far as luxury cars go, when I think of luxury, I think of James Bond driving a, every iteration of Aston Martin. DB5. No, no to make it DB5. Uh, they, they, I feel like they had a car at one point that was like, not the Vanquish. Uh, yeah, Aston Martin Vanquish. Yeah, it's a hot, V12. It's a hot car. It is. If I had cash, I'd get one, you know. I'm impressed, mate. 
Uh, I'm impressed. There's some of it up there. <laughs> Not <laughs> a lot. Threw him in the deep end. Well, Vettel and Stroll. Well, Stroll got lucky, got past his teammate uh, during the pit stop phase. And a good result for them, six and eight. You know, they got it right. They uh, they really did get strategy right. They lost a couple of positions to uh, the, our boy Danny Rick, which is uh, exceptional. Mm. Um, exceptional drive from him. But, yeah, they'd be happy as an organisation. I think, I'm not sure where they sit in the constructors. But, um, yeah, what more can you say? Vettel, he's retiring, one of the greats of our sport, four-time world champion. Mm. He's just enjoying his racing. He's clearly faster than Stroll, but on a track like this where you can't do much, it's just the reality of how it played out last night. But for the organisation as a team, very, very, very good. Yeah. Yep. They're currently seventh in the constructors, by the way. Are they? Good. good. Yeah, under Alpha and Alpine. Good. I'm impressed. Yeah. Zeke's reading some notes. That's a quick Google. <laughs> quick Google. Quick Google on that one. <laughs> Next up, we have McLaren. Yeah. Look, we're the biggest boss, Danny Rick podcast on the planet. What are your thoughts about just knowing what we've said and hearing our discussions over the last three months, Zeke? What do you, what do you think about our boy, DR? I think if there was going to be a boy for us, it would be Danny Rick. It's only right that it's Danny Rick for several reasons. One, you can give him an Australian nickname, name, which involves uh, a double abbreviation of, of both names. <laughs> Typical Aussies, right? Typical Aussies. Tommy T, great example of the of the double abbreviation. Yeah. You've got you've got the single, but you've you've had it brought down to the surname being abbreviated, which is its yeah. own kind of thing. It's its own thing. Yeah. But getting Danny Rick is like only an Australian could pull that off. Daniel Ricardo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ricciardo. Ricciardo, yeah. Not even a it's not even a really uh you know, it's not a, a typical Australian name. No. But we've made it our own. That's good. I like that critique. Thank you. Thank you. I, Speaking um, of other abbreviations that our international listeners might not get, mm. what does Arvo mean? <laughs> well, international <laughs> listeners, if you're not familiar with the concept of an Arvo, that is the afternoon. <laughs> and somewhere along the way, someone said, you know what? Afternoon is three syllables, and that's, and that's one syllable too many. How can I rearrange this word Entirely, and and uh, Arvo was born. Yeah, see this Arvo. It's awesome, isn't it? It's great, and it's because we're lazy. It's we're so lazy, which is why when you say see this Arvo, it's yeah. See ya is one word. See ya, and yeah. the Savo is yeah. one word as well. Yeah, and you could add, oh, go on for like afternoon brekkie, yes. Arvo brekkie or Brian like, Arvo brekkie. Yeah. Arvo brekkie. It's all. People are like, wow, what's Brecky? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Listen, if you're international and you have to listen to Australians talk, I'm very, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> no one should have to do that. Very good, very good. Anyway, Danny, Rick, and McLaren, great race from uh, P16 on the grid up to fifth. Yep. Which is excellent. Um, I'm a bit pissed off because he came back after the safety car with 20 minutes to go. He went on the soft tyres, got really aggressive. Got his gap down to Norris to about half a second, and he was in DRS. He was in DRS range, and he was gonna take on Norris and pass him. Hopefully, have a crack at uh, Signs, who was in third place to get, and ultimately got a penalty. But the team orders said no, mm. which is just 
Jeez, oh, it's half fuming. But then he decided to drop back 30 seconds. And I don't think that was anything other than they just managing dies. They, they were managing the gap behind him. And they were trying to protect protect Norris from the the Verstappen train, like train that was coming from the rear. So yeah. the bigger that gap, the better for Norris. But yeah, anyway, that 30 seconds in the last 20 minutes was not indicative of the pace that Danny Rick had. They were just managing the situation as best for Norris. But uh, good points all for them. 22 points from this weekend, which puts them back in, back in front of Alpine, which is... Uh, I didn't see that come. I didn't see that. I mean, I thought they would be absolutely shit ass this weekend. Mm. And from all accounts, on Friday they were Q three. They were terrible. And just saw uh, Danny Rick finished three tenths behind his teammate in in uh, Q one. Sorry, and um, which meant Danny Rick got knocked out. Norris went through. Uh, but Danny Rick got held up. He did get held up, but was confirmed by the yellow safety flag at the end of his lap, hence why he lost the four-tenths advantage that he had. So mm. that is frustrating for him, but the race result was good. I don't think it was a it was a tough race for him because there's not much for him to do, but they nailed strategy last night, which ordered him to jump. Got a bit of luck too. Danny mm. Rick was said that after the race. said, yeah, hey, very, very lucky. Just, uh, But he said, on merit, we've been working hard and this is the result we got. And it is the equal best, oh, no, best result he's had all year. So the only other result that he got was better, which was Melbourne, where he came P6. So mm. anyway, that's good for Danny. Bit of hopes up. You know, hopefully he can get a podium or a win, really celebrate through the end of the year. But the reality is it's not where the car's at and it's not real great but mm. yeah we we'll just need to enjoy him being in the sport still happy still a big smile and I think he's I think he's at peace where his career's at at the moment and the end is not this is not the end of his career so no. that's good no. uh, Ferrari what do you know about Ferrari Zeke fun fact alright here's what I know about Ferrari um, very red cars good that's that's the typical <laughs> the typical Ferrari is always always red uh, let's see how many Ferraris I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Ferrari Enzo. Yep. That's that's a that's a Ferrari car. Named after the founder. Yep. Enzo Named Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> is that a V12 or is it a V10? Uh, I think it's a 12. It makes sense for it to be a 12. Yeah. It's like the flagship car. Yeah. In, yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Well, nowadays, yeah. 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 Uh, what else we got? Don't know as much about Ferrari, I would say, as, as I know about like Porsche, for instance. Yeah. But uh, you know. Well, they're coming into the sport. Tell us about Porsche. 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 Yeah. Porsche 911. Yeah. Porsche Carrera. Porsche Cayenne is a uh, is the four wheel drive. The four wheel drive that they've done for uh, rich uh, housewives. Yeah. Uh, not not my not my bag. No, I know. What do you drive at the moment? What's what's your wheels? I got a I got a hole in I got a VY. Wagon, do you? Yeah, got a commie. I'm on the. I, I've had a. What was my first car? My first car was a Falcon wagon. Then I went. Nice. Uh, VX Commodore sedan. How Australian of you! And I'm back to the VY. <laughs> back to the VY wagon. I need. I need the room in the back. You know. <laughs> yeah, they are the best for carrying music instruments around. Oh, mate! More space than you. It's just the best. They've, it's it's delightful. I've got the old black tint, like as as legally black as you can go on the tint. I've got 19-inch all-black powder coat rims. 
and I've got the stock head unit in. Have you got a, and it, and it, an eye candy motorsports <laughs> on the side? <laughs> no, I got a G ready one. G I bought ready. it off eBay. <laughs> Did you change the badges to Chev badges? On the... No, I could never. No, I couldn't do that. I'm impressed. You, how Australian of you. Fair, yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> how funny. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, Ferrari, yes. No, actually, Leclerc was great last night. I was cons- Science's pace, it was one of his races where he just couldn't compete with his teammate. But uh, P2, P3, great for their constructors. Not what they wanted. They wanted the win. Ultimately, didn't have the race pace as the as the um, as the track evolution got drier and drier. Yeah. I think the uh, the Red Bull was very dominant, but um, hey, good result for them. It puts them back on track, in my opinion. Way too late in the season to be getting these results, but you've got to make hey when the sun shines. When you're racing Max Verstappen, when he makes these mistakes, rarely, and the team makes mistakes mm. in qualifying. Um, Anyway, Red Bull. Sergio Perez, uh, that, that is big confidence booster last night. He drove really well. Considering the gaps that he'd made in those races, I mean, to have three safety cars come out and uh, ruin the ruin the, gap, ruin the gaps that he'd made, he was excellent last night. Drove with poise uh, under a lot of pressure for the majority of the race too. Uh, be good for his confidence. But he has to win those races where his teammate stuff's up where his teammate yep. makes mistakes that's where he has to be and last night he got it right so it'd be great for him I think uh, he's been under a bit of pressure in the media lately about his drive uh, next year which I think is possibly warranted but the more and more he does this and gets wins like he did last night uh, excellent I mean it's the first one he's had since Monaco from memory so good on him mm. I'm stoked for Perez uh, he's you know got a bit more confidence in the year that he can compete but he it just seems to, everything needs to go right for him and his teammate needs to make mistakes is what happened Max last night clearly the fastest driver on track at times but just a bit aggressive frustrated as well mm. you know sitting behind cars that he's three seconds faster than but because of the track, you know, and just the way it, the way the race played out, frustrating for him. But he's allowed to make those mistakes, and we'll never really remember them because he's going to win this world championship either next week or the week exactly. after anyway. So, um, yeah, I think it's okay for the fans that the championship gets extended for another race. But in reality, it doesn't really matter. He's got it signed, sealed, delivered. But it ends a pretty dominant streak. I think six races. On the trot for that uh, for them, but good on Red Bull for getting it done. So that brings us to the end of our race team by team review. That does bring uh, us to the end of our race team by team review, <laughs> and we're going to move into the the fantasy segment as, <laughs> as it stands. Fantasy. 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 <laughs> the last one. <laughs> Second last one's the best. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to read out some names? All right, so we're looking at the Singapore GP. So 157 in the Singapore GP in our league. Uh, we've got Singaporean from Trent K. Very good. We've got Singapore Grand Prix from good, LBS. Good LBS. We've got Singa Perez from Daniel B. Yeah. Wet tires is useful as tits on a Red Bull from Nathan D. <laughs> Might have to bleep that. Can't say that. Nope. Uh, formerly known as Team One from Claire R. Good, good, Claire, good. In DR tone, Singapore! Mm. 
I don't know what he sounds like, from Kelly W. Uh, you were right, Massey, from Denise O. Singer pre-porn GP from Aleh. <laughs> Singer porn on a Sunday from Catherine L. <laughs> Singapore sling from Paul W. Ted's slippy, sippy, grippy cup from Alex B. That one's a good tongue twister. Very Thank good. you, Alex. Singing in the pouring rain from Steen N. That's a classic. Very good. Safety cars, sweating, and Singaporean from Jane W. Good, Jane. Good. Very good, good Jane. Good, Thank you. Good, good contributor uh, all there. We've got the top three in the race. First is Team 1, Adam T from Australia. He's got 259 points. Come on, Adzi. That's another... That's how you shorten Adam. Adzi. That's Adzi. correct. Yeah. Adzi. Same, yeah. same amount of syllables, but it is shorter. <laughs> yeah, Adzi, mate. Yeah. Get a name. That would be good. Cheers. Uh, and then equal first is the sun will come out, Ricardo from Hillary W in the USA with two fifty nine points. Yeah, also, Hillary, you're a star. You are an absolute star. That is a good one. White wall wheels of despair. Yes, very good, Robert F. Very good. You were third on two fifty six. Jeez, where did you lose those three points? Must have been a turbo driver or something, or one of the drivers they came in. Like Danny Rick had like ten passes. So mm. excellent. Very good. Well, very tight. Very tight this Very week. Very tight. Well, that's it for this week. I'm sorry for the bore fest, which was my... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to, like, try and be funny and witty without, like... Yep. ...someone else in the room? <laughs> <laughs> it's still... Yeah, staring at my uh, blank face the whole time, being like, mm-hmm. No, it's not you. It's like, jeez, I just get sick of the sound of my own voice. But I hope you didn't. <laughs> I hope you got through. So if you got through uh, this whole podcast, thank you very much. That's it for this week. Don't forget, you can jump on, support the show by either subscribing to our YouTube channel, grabbing some merch, jumping onto our Patreon via the link in our bio. Uh, yep, as I will say, Patreons, you guys are rad. Legends. Thank you very much for the, the money you're sparing to put into this. We'll never put any behind a paywall, and uh, we just do this for fun. It's a great hobby, and uh, thank you very much. I promise next week there will be a Campy's Corner. Mm. There will be a Freya's Friday practice, whatever it is. And we actually will have some people in the studio to to do this with our usual guests. Anyway, thank you very much and we'll, uh, we'll see you Friday for, with Freya. Sports Social Podcast Network.